0: Thank you. What's up, everybody? We are back. Welcome to Real Chronicles, brought to you by Realtalking.com. I am your host, David. I will not insult anybody with a terrible British accent. I hand it over to Leo. What is up, Leo?
1: <laughs> Howdy, man. Just uh, just trying to catch my train. <laughs> there you go. And Ryan. I'm just trying to figure out what fucking house I belong to. <laughs>
0: oh, you're you're Hufflepuff. <laughs> you know I'll take it as on as uh, slitherin Oh I'm I'm absolutely no, Slytherin. Dude,
1: I, I I I I go between oh, yeah, Slytherin, you're Slytherin and That's Hufflepuff
0: I can see No Leo I actually see you as a Gryffindor
1: No yeah, I see Gosh no man it's like there's too noble I, I no 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 I'm a nice person I like hanging out with people but I don't No, there's no nobility to me
0: we're going to talk about houses later as we celebrate <laughs> the 20th anniversary of the release of the first Harry Potter film, Harry Potter and the Social Order Stone. But we are actually going to cover the entire franchise. So that is going to be a fun one. I've been wanting to do this one for a while because I've gone a record saying that the Wizarding World Harry Potter verse essentially was the blueprint for what the MCU eventually did, just on a larger scale. Uh, yep. But let's get into some of the news of the week. This is more for number one, is more for Leo and me because. Um, <laughs> Drazon Petrovic is getting a biopic, and I cannot be more happier than that. So good,
1: bro. Oh, for any basketball fans, any New Jersey, New York people, any people from Slavic nations.
0: <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, am Bet- so excited. For anyone that didn't know, Petrovic was pretty much the superstar. He was what, do you say Dirk before Dirk?
1: Oh, absolutely. Even Jordan had said like during his era that this guy was like talented as hell. Yeah.
0: So, we're getting a biopic. wonder how that's going to look, but I'm very excited that that's going to happen. Ryan, uh, Drazan Petrovich played basketball, just to let you know. Ah, okay. For <laughs> the New Jersey Nets. <laughs> Ooh, new Jersey. And I know how you love everything from New Jersey. <laughs> uh, next bit of news is that we had talked about this on here a few weeks ago, about whether or not Tom Holland would be done after this uh, No Way Home. But uh, Spider-Man producer has confirmed that Tom Holland will return for a brand new trilogy. So, meaning... Well, he's gonna be 40.
1: <laughs> it's so funny that the, they went from this is the last movie he's gonna do in the MCU to surprise, I'm gonna be <laughs> here till I'm forty-five.
0: <laughs> I want. Well, so my guess is that this new movie is going to set up something. Well, the good thing
1: about Spider Man and like comic book wise, into like the like the movies, and like this is where like, Toby's Spider Man was like living in, is that he does mature from a high school kid with high school problems to a college kid with college problems so like this is like perfect like with Tom Holland's age demographic and and just the way he's
0: maturing to like get older <laughs> my only and i mean i'm sure it's marvel so I'm, i will never doubt them but um we're pretty much getting the sinister 6 here so i wonder where the hell else we go That's from here point. the only thing i could think of is that even yes we are getting a specific version of the Green Goblin, but maybe we get his version of the Goblin in the next I trilogy. So.
1: I would love that, Dave. That's a, such a good call out right there. Yeah, it's like to see, like, the, the MCU's Norman Osborn and see where that is.
0: Exactly. Uh, Ryan, any thoughts?
1: I
2: mean, to go on where we go, you still got their version of Venom, their version of, like you said, Goblin. You got Hobgoblin. Um trying to think of other major villains. Yeah. Um, Leo, help out here. Yeah, well,
1: look, the good too is like well, I know that Sony's also like they're owning, and we're gonna talk about it in a little. But they're owning the Spider Verse stuff, so I don't expect to go too deeply into that within the live action movies. But we have like the Clone Saga with Ben Riley and Scarlet Spider. We have still so have a lot of stuff with Miles Warren, the Jackal. Fellas, you're,
0: you're missing. You're missing. It. You're missing the obvious one.
1: <laughs> Which one are you thinking of? Rhino.
0: Rhino. <laughs> Like we need a film just with Rhino. God damn you both. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I you you mentioned this um do you think and I don't know why, but watching the animated series when I was younger, this always creaked me out. Um mm-hmm. do you think they'll touch on when it was Peter that turned into a real spider, right? So yep. it's
1: funny, that storyline, I think, was like a cartoon storyline that wasn't made into the comics until after the cartoon storyline. Dude,
0: yeah, that, that was so creepy. <laughs> Even oh, the... no,
1: love. Uh, Morbius. Morbius is another one. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. that is true. Okay,
0: so there is a lot of room there. Okay, so never mind. Yeah. We, we got plenty of uh, Spidey stories to tell, uh, which leads into the latest Spider story, which is Spider-Man Across the Universe trailer, Across the Spider-Verse trailer drop. And the biggest news that come from that, outside of it being a great trailer, is that it is part one. Yes, um, I mm-hmm. love that they have just said, you know what, we are we're gonna be able to tell really great Spider Man stories in animated form, and we're just gonna go all in on this Spider Verse and do a part one and part two. Uh, trailer itself looks great. We didn't really get too 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 much, and I don't need too 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 much. Uh, the animation style just looks incredible. I I'm all in on this. Uh, Leo thoughts.
1: A oh, fantastic trailer teaser. Uh, I love that the, the animation, even though it was like slight, you can see that they're a bit older from the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, which I thought was like, oh, that's cool, that's cool. Um, oh, yeah, you're right. I think I think Sony found their niche, right? Granted, they're still trying their hand with <laughs> Morbius and Venom, and I guess the the like a silver, sa- silver sable, yeah, and like the wolf pack. I guess they're still trying some live action stuff. But, like, yeah, their their bread and butter is absolutely the animated world, and it looks good. It looks so good.
0: I wonder if they're doing the bil- villain build-ups to the day they eventually have to get him back
1: to himself. yeah, I mean, that would be smart, like, playing the long game, right? Like, letting this all go on in the background, and it's like, surprise, we own it solely, and we don't want to rent them anymore.
0: Because <laughs> I think my guess is the plan is, once Tom Holland is done, then Miles is gonna be the live action. Oh, and, and that would be genius, right? That, that's mm-hmm. like uh. And that would bring the Sony verse to like its own entity that you mm-hmm. have Miles Morales as the live action Spider Man in their verse once Peter Parker's done. So long time to go before that happens. But yeah, teaser's great, Ryan. You agree?
2: Oh, yeah. In the words of Philip J. Fry, take my money.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: uh, next bit of news. I didn't know this was a thing, but Magic Mike's last dance has been. <laughs> uh, How excited are you, Dave? I, Dude, I love Magic Mike. The first. Oh, Magic... I said that facetiously. <laughs> no, the first Magic Mike is excellent. Ste- Steven... I didn't
1: know there was a part two.
0: <laughs> uh, the, the, the second one's not that good. Uh, first one's really good. Steven Soderbergh directed it. Um, I I believe he directed the second one as well. And he will be back to direct the third one. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't know that they were going to, that they would even think about doing a third one the way the second one ended. But, uh, yeah, magic Mike's great, man. You guys should definitely check it out. If you haven't, it is really good. Um,
1: I will say that when we rank trilogies, I never thought that Magic Mike would be a possibility. So, I mean, there there you go. (laughs) Part
0: two is so bad, I I think it removes any capability, unless this one's amazing. Um, (laughs) And then the last bit of news, more uh, for Leo and I, because we were at the premiere. Uh, Chucky has been renewed for season two, which is great. And the season finale was on Tuesday, so I can finally catch up. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's
1: funny because like, the finale leaves it, leaves it there, and they, they did a really cute announcement after the episode aired that's like, this is how they like, per, like announced it to the world. Hey, we have a season two. Um, I think it should be fun, man. I think it should be fun. Season one was cool. It was a really cool ride. A lot of cool homages to the source material and the movies, a lot of unanswered questions that get answered. Um, I think you're going to enjoy it, man.
0: Ryan, any thoughts?
1: Um,
2: I plan on watching it. I watched all the movies recently just to watch the series, so yeah. once I get a little bit of free time, in case you're gonna sit down and watch them all.
0: And you saw the not just up to Seed of Chucky, you saw the other ones?
2: Oh, I saw them all.
0: Okay, great. What do you think of the ones that, after Seed of Chucky, the ones that went back to, like, the dark?
2: I enjoyed them all. I enjoyed them all, honestly. Like, it was what they all had their faults, but yeah
1: no there was they all had their redeeming qualities as well awesome Were you surprised right. that they're all like the same like I guess director right it was still the same director for not director
0: but uh creator, creator he stayed yeah. yeah he stayed on board for everything nice. um and then last bit is I guess will only interest leo uh National board of review revealed <laughs> their uh 21 21's best films and licorice pizza won best film. Paul Thomas Anderson won Best Director. I am very happy about this. I hope I hope the streak that uh, MBR has had at the Oscars fails with this one. Uh, yeah, would...
1: dude, because I was gonna, I was gonna say like just like the first thing that I asked you offline when this when you tweeted this was like they pretty much announced the best movie of the year like this must have some weight into the oscars and your response really surprised me
0: unfortunately the only movie in the last 11 years to win best picture after winning mbr has been green book
1: crazy which i mean i mean that, that even that movie was like i guess a little controversial yeah i don't
0: know if it was a clear coat winner
1: but wow it's, that's so surprising i would imagine like you being called the best movie of the year should have more weight.
0: <laughs> Even crazier is that no one that has ever won director at NBR has won the Oscar.
1: That's insane. So this is like a curse in yeah. a way. like This is a terrible thing for both those winners.
0: So I'm hoping that maybe one of these at least changes, but uh, Best Actor went to Will Smith for King Richard. Uh, it's it's starting. Will Smith is winning the Oscar. Um, Rachel Zegler won Best Actress for West Side Story. I see that this week. Uh yeah, I've heard very, very, very good things about West Side Story. Uh, and S- S- Syrian Hines from Belfast won supporting actor. And, Janae- and Janae Ellis won supporting actress for King Richard. Original screenplay went to Askar Fahadi for a her hero. Adapted screenplay went to Joe Cohen for The Tragedy of Macbeth. Breakthrough Performance went to Alana Haim and Cooper Hoffman for Licorice Pizza. Uh, best editorial Debut, Michael Saransky for Pig. Animated Feature went to Encanto, uh, I guess. Uh, best Foreign Film went to A Hero. Documentary went to Summer of Soul. Ensemble went to The Heart of They Fall. And Cinematography went to The Tragedy of Macbeth. Now what they do, they also list their top ten films of the year in order, in alphabetical order. So they listed Belfast, Don't Look Up, Dune, King Richard, The Last Duel, Nightmare Alley, Red Rocket, The Tragedy of Macbeth, and West Side Story. Usually the correlation here is about seven. Seven of these these make it to the ten at the Oscars. So my guess is going to be Belfast, Don't Look Up, Dune, King Richard. Nightmare Alley and West Side Story; those are the ones yeah, that I, I
1: gonna, think. I was gonna say from that list right there, I'm like the only one that I could. I'm like I haven't heard as much. Although you did give it high praise, was Red Rocket. I think Red Rocket was the one. I'm like,
0: eh. zero, zero shot. Yeah, z- I, I figured too. <laughs> zero shot. This movie gets any awards love outside of like maybe critics awards. But uh, yeah, that wraps up the news. Ryan, are you still alive? I am here. Fantastic. So let's finish up on what we watch for the week. Um, Ryan i started off with you Watch anything fun um,
2: I really was just watching the movies for this week And Hawkeye
0: Alright good and we'll talk about Hawkeye in a second What about you Leo
1: Alrighty so me I finally finished Homeland And, and uh, it. Oh my gosh I will tell you this And this is something that's going to make you happy I have a newfound appreciation For Tony Soprano because of, my, because of my hatred Of Carrie Yes. This, it's great insane. news Great. She is the worst leading character of all time. Like just in anything I've ever watched, period. She makes infuriating decisions. Uh, it's, it's just, it's, I can't, it, as I'm watching it, I hate her more and more and more. And I'm like, yo, Tony Soprano wasn't that bad. He would never betray the country. Um. But yeah. Ironically. Ironically. Yeah. I, I grew a newfound appreciation for Tony Soprano based on some distinctions between the decisions that he made protecting his loved ones. I, I know that he would never betray the United States of America or anything. Good days. So, um. I also. Oh. They, uh. Rye. This is something that interests would interest you. So after Homeland ended, I had to catch up on my DVR stuff. <laughs> So Batwoman is still terrible, but they they are they are building. They are they, they have definitely gotten their own Joker. So they have a Joker now. Um but I also caught up on The Flash and even though that first episode of that 5 episode arc was like meh, dude, they are going somewhere really cool.
0: So should I start watching again?
1: Uh, I think you can honestly just watch this five-episode this five story arc. You don't have to invest into the other trash that they've been doing. <laughs> just,
2: just I'll five... just
1: say vicariously through you. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be honest. I'm very, very surprised, and um, I'll keep you guys posted on it, but I'm, I'm liking it. I think they're on episode three, or they just finished episode three, so there's two episodes left.
3: Leo, does um, this
0: mean we're finally starting Bates Motel?
1: Uh, oh, you know what? This is the timing. This is the perfect timing. I'm I'm right between I haven't decided what to watch next. So, you know what? Let's do it. Let's do baseball tell next. Yep.
0: And you'll be done oh. in like a day it's the so way you good. go. So,
1: speaking of a show that I finished in a day, and Dave, you are going to freaking love this. So, I just finished watching one of my favorite Jason Sudeikis performances of all time. And no He's not a soccer coach. No, he is. He is, he is a ghost of an assassin, of uh, playing the character named Bryce in Marvel's own Hit Monkey on Hulu. Um, so it's an animated show. I'm I, from the sounds of it. Neither of you knew it was out. <laughs> no, I <laughs> nope, I
0: did
3: not.
1: So so brief this. So brief, like just like just catch everyone up. Um, Marvel has. Quietly been building some like R rated content on Hulu. They've released Modok, which is another animated show very much like Harley Quinn on the DC DC side, very like risque and like high action, bloody. And then they followed up with another Marvel property called Hit Monkey, which is about an assassin monkey. <laughs> and, uh, and Jason Sudeikis plays like the ghost guide of the Hit Monkey. Olivia Munn is also on this show as a voice actor. It's an eight, eight episodes, um, and this is like this is definitely the show that made me eat my words from like months ago, where I told David I'm never gonna watch a Jason Sudeikis property. Does this mean you does ever goes into Marvel?
0: Does this mean um that there's a no, there's a chance?
1: There, there's more of a chance today than there ever was. Yes,
0: ever. that's all I but, need. That's all uh, I ask. Yeah.
1: No, but for anyone that's interested, Hitmonkey is pretty good on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got 77% for um, fans, 93% for critics, or vice versa. It's good. It's got a lot of Marvel comic stuff, so I know that anyone that's a fan of that would definitely enjoy it. A lot of little Easter eggs from Marvel stuff. Um, but yeah, Marvel, and I think this is something David and I had mentioned before, where like, Hulu is a perfect vehicle for them to bring in that R-rated content and not go into the DC Plus world. <coughs> Um so yes, yeah, so if you get a chance, definitely recommend Hitmonkey. I also recommend Modoc. And uh, and then I watched Succession, which uh hopefully is building to a good finale.
0: Uh yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Is that yeah. so I guess I'll kick off with succession. Please. I can't say it's a there's not a bad episode. That's not mm-hmm. I just don't think it's been going anywhere. It feels very fillery but it's not a filler it's, I know they're building like there's stuff that they yes, drop every episode yes.
1: that's been building but it feels like filler episodes
0: like I th- I think that's the perfect way to explain it cause like I'm sitting there and I'm like none of this is bad but I don't feel like there has been a through line through this season and we're two episodes away from it being done yep. like my only guess is that Shiv is gonna side with Ken and that's only thing i can i can think of that the war is gonna turn into shiv and ken versus rome romulus and um and oh my god
3: uh connor and logan
0: logan oh yeah and connor's just connor Connor's just hanging um (laughs) i hate tom now i can't believe i hate tom i don't like tom at all because they've done
1: this year was very strange Yeah. yeah
0: cousin greg's still the man um i hate cousin greg what he's
1: yeah he, i hate him he's such like a he doesn't do anything he's just a dumbass in the right place oh my at the God, right time I love cousin greg. although although i will say that him him um oh. him, him getting the date in this episode was like i was happy i was like that's that's cool i'm glad that you didn't just do what your freaking cousin told you just go for it just shoot your shot i'm glad they paid off for him
0: yeah i love that he dated poor uh poor man emma watson <laughs> yeah, man. The season's really strange. I, I will say
1: like I after watching like the trial of the Chicago seven, like I appreciate Jeremy Strong's performance. Yeah. Um, But it still feels like where are they going? <laughs> like
0: what's going to happen? Like it's funny because when the season started, I'm like, oh, this show's just going to win every Emmy. And then I think there's a chance someone can beat it.
1: At the MVP oh yeah, season. yeah. This would be just if you win this anything this year is because of your succession,
0: succession. Yeah, your succession,
1: but like not because of any merit though. I'd
0: actually say the best performance of the season I think has been, uh, Kieran.
1: Oh yeah, he's and he's continuing to to like just launch right. He's yeah. doing really good stuff right now. I think I he's agree.
0: I think he's developed really well into more of the what Logan wants this season, if there is Isn't any. It- <laughs> I was going to ask you, Dave, Dave Ryan, would
1: you guys ever think that you lived in a world where Macaulay Culkin isn't the famous one and the
0: Olsen twins aren't the famous ones? Yeah, I know, right? It's insane. Um, and let me see. So some of the stuff that I saw this week, I saw um, I saw Time Cop for the first time in my life. Oh, that's such
1: a classic. Um,
0: it's so bad. I love it. It may be my <laughs> favorite Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. Yes, it's like even one of the most John Claw Band movies, <laughs> like even more than Bloodsport. Um, I just it's just so ridiculous, and they actually think they handle time travel very well. They do, right?
3: Surprisingly. Yeah.
0: Um, I saw Eight Bit Christmas, which I highly, highly, highly recommend. It is essentially like a Christmas story for uh, a modern generation. Um, obviously Hawkeye. I saw, uh, I saw the Power of the Dog again, which is great. I saw the Dmx documentary. Oh, uh I like that? Um. It's okay. I it, yeah. It's it's kind of a hard watch for obvious reasons. Um, oh, I it guess it gets, it gets pretty gritty? Not that it gets gritty, but you kind of see the self-destruction as the, the documentary goes along. Gotcha. So, so, like, he has, like, a crack binge on a day and he misses a photo shoot. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of see it coming. I had no idea he had 15 children. What? Yeah. Wow. Damn, that's,
1: like that's a, a cromarty number yeah
0: i saw jfk revisited which is uh, oliver stone's documentary about jfk which is excellent i highly recommend it um i started because it's eight hours i started the beatles get back um i set off the line to a friend of ours kevin i'm like don't bother i don't think this is for you i think it, i think leo you may probably like it and ryan how are you on the beatles uh, oh, I respect them, but I'm not like they're not on my iPhone. So I, I'm like I'm just started the second part because the first part is three hours. The second part, is, uh, first part is three hours. Second part is three hours. It's very like interesting. Like you see, there's certain aspects where they're just playing around, and Paul's just playing around the guitar, just trying to think of something, and he literally thinks of "Get Back" while he's just wow. fucking around. That that's just dope. that's just awesome. And then there's also a scene where he creates Let It Be. And he's just like asking Ringo and the guy is like, hey, what do you guys think of this? And no one's paying attention to him while he's literally writing, creating one of the best songs. Like one of the greatest classics ever. Oh yeah. my lord. For that aspect, it's very interesting. And in the first I'm a little bit of a spoiler, but the first part ends with George Harrison quitting the Beatles. Oh, shoot. Yeah, so it's actually very, very like Inside Baseball, if that's the perfect term for it. Oh, okay. I love that. I love the description. Okay. Yeah, so I'm on second part right now, and the second part pretty much starts with them trying to see what the fuck they're going to do. Like, they have two weeks to write this album, to perform it live, and they just lost George Harrison. And a lot... you know, I didn't think they were gonna mention Yoko a lot, but there is shade thrown at Yoko for her always being around.
3: <laughs>
0: when did Yoko
1: join the picture? With, in like in the scheme of them, like so it was I like...
0: I don't know if they they don't t- they don't touch on when she started coming in, but they do touch on the fact that she has to be everywhere. There literally the... there is there is a scene, not even a scene. There's a moment because it's a it's a documentary. There's a, a moment, probably like an hour and a half into the first part, where they're practicing. They're just playing the songs. And Yoko's just sitting next to John, like sitting there doing nothing. Wow. So to show like how evolved she just needed to be everywhere. Um so yeah, highly recommend it. It's on Disney Plus. It's long, but it's a well worth well worth it. And then I saw Nightmare Alley, which is uh Guillermo I can't Toros. wait to watch that. Oh my god. So I liked it a lot. I think uh Oh, yeah, no, I'm not under review embargo anymore. I could actually talk about it completely. Um, so the I've seen the original, it is very much a film noir, it is very slow paced, it is uh methodical in its character development. You see certain things happen early on that you wonder if it's gonna come back, and it does. Um, Bradley Cooper and Kate C- Blanchett are magnetic they are so damn good Uh, Bradley
3: Cooper and Clay Blanchett (laughs) yeah
0: I will say it is very much not a Guillermo del Toro traditional film it is very unlike anything he's ever done there's no monsters there's no um, uh, overuse of like uh, practical effects or anything along those lines it is a straight up noir but when there is effects like someone gets shot or killed uh, del Toro does this thing like the imagery in the movie is fantastic, the production design is incredible, editing is on point, cinematography is on point. Uh, people may not fully be invested because it's such a slow burn and it's two hours and twenty minutes, but I absolutely loved it. I I love everything Del Toro does, so I am completely biased. Do you think? Do you think maybe like he got like
1: the monsters out of the way by making Antlers, and like this is like okay, no monsters in this one.
0: <laughs> oh, he didn't direct Antlers. Oh, he did it. I thought he was attached to it, or was he, he, he like a he, producer? He was an uh, EP on it. Got it. Brought to you by from the from the mind of Guillermo <laughs> del Toro. But not directed by Guillermo del Toro. But um yeah, so that's pretty much all I saw. Oh, and then I saw the Matrix, all the three matrixes, because uh I will be screening that in the next few days for the for the fourth one. When are you gonna go check out Moto? Uh when I have time. Okay. I haven't really had time to sit down and watch it. Uh and yeah, and then I saw Hawkeye, which we can get into. Uh, I'll start with Ryan because we always take his thoughts. Ryan, what do you think of Hawkeye this week? <laughs> Best episode so far. Yep, I I agree.
2: Um, it was it moved very fast for me. Like I sat there when it was over. I'm like, that was quick. Like I enjoyed the pacing. Um, I enjoyed the building of the relationship. Um, it was just very good character development for I can't remember her name right now. Echo. Bishop.
0: Oh, I thought you were no,
2: talking for about Echo. Bishop. Oh, for Kate. Yeah. yeah, for Kate. Um and Echo, I loved Echo's story as well. I liked uh how they mentioned her uncle but haven't done anything yet. That's not her
0: uncle. I, I know who you're talking. That's her yeah. it, it that's his adopted daughter.
1: No, they said uncle. No, no, in the in the in the mo- in the show they keep referring to him as uncle or as her uncle. But, but yeah, David's right. It's not gonna be her uncle. Okay. I apologize.
3: So um, you're right, yeah. They
1: call uh, him. They call, they call this jet, uh, mysterious, mysterious figure uh, or benefactor uh, uncle.
0: And for anyone that's wondering who we're talking about, I, I will say it in a moment when Ryan finishes up.
2: Um, but yeah, no solid episode altogether, uh, and I can't wait for more.
0: Uh so yeah, Wilson Fisk. Uh yeah, right.
1: Just yeah, just like, <laughs> I guess. Like, I guess let's, let's just bring that out. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> oh, by cut- the way, the little drawing was cute. <laughs>
0: what do you say?
2: The drawing and the uh, callback to his cartoons. Yes, oh, yes, yes, God, yes, yes. That, that was, was very comic, cute. Yeah.
1: I liked that a lot.
0: Uh, yeah. So Wilson Fisk is coming, isn't he, Leo?
1: Dude, isn't that so cool? Like, <laughs> and, and that's exactly the way I see it too. I see it as Ryan, the guy that they call Uncle. Um, do you see his hand in a short brief, like wiping, uh, wiping Little Echo's face when um when she's like beating someone's ass in karate class, um. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think that's Wilson Fisk,
0: man. That's going to be crazy. So that kind of, and hear me out, that kind of makes sense why Echo will be having her own show. Definitely. That Wilson Fisk is going to be involved, and that is, a better, it better. Listen, I, I was semi right and wrong about the whole Quicksilver casting. If it's not Wilson D'Onofrio, Vincent D'Onofrio, I am going to lose my fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really hope it, it is it, man there is no one in this fucking planet that can play wilson fisk better than vincent d'onofrio what sucks is he can't be as vicious as he was on daredevil
1: agreed a very much agreed yes
0: <laughs> um but overall yeah i did like the episode a lot but this was the best episode thus far it was beautifully paced 37 minutes Um uh, Pretty much all action. Kate Bishop's development is going really strong. I think they're taking her their time with her, and it's working. I like that she is the central character, and Hawkeye is the essentially the side character. I also like that mm-hmm. the wars, the scar from all these wars, are coming to him very slowly now. Like yeah. he, he can't hear. Like, like remember, mm-hmm. he's human. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. And it's and it's crazy. And you question? Do you wonder? Now, because they keep bringing up, I'm the one that shouldn't have died. I, I'm the one that should have died. When they thought about, you know.
1: Yeah, Natasha, yeah. Natasha.
0: Are, do you think they'll regret making that decision? Like, Feige like, and company? No.
1: Uh, no, no. I think, I think, well, after they made up, right? They kissed and made up, and now Scarlett is, like, executive producing another project. I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be I, don't think, I think they, they, they got to stay the course, whatever they plan to do with this. Because, I mean, everyone sees the writing on the wall, right? You have Yelena on the Black Widow side. You have Kate Bishop on this side. You have, I guess, the twins on the Scarlet Witch side. Like, they are building towards the next generation of what's going to be the MCU. So, like, even with Scarlet alive, like, you got to stay the course.
2: Do we get Junior Avengers at any point? Yeah. I definitely see that yeah. happening.
1: Yeah. I, mean, I... I think even even Patriot on Falcon and Winter Soldier, like Isaiah Isaiah's um grandson, even he's a freaking member of the new Avengers.
0: Yeah, I per I, perp- I on this I'm with Leo. I ha- I have no doubt that they're gonna get there. Yeah, that's what I figured. And they did tease that next week's episode will have a big appearance. Yes! I'm so, so glad you brought that up. Dude. So yes. it's either Elena or Wilson Fist. That's where I'm going.
1: Yep. And I know they um, did some slight spoilers, but they have released some photos of a costume that seems to be a comic-specific or comic-accurate uh, Yelena. So like it, it'll be, I, I hope it's either one. I I would be happy with either one. Is it? And it is. It, I'm sorry. No, no. I was
0: going to say, I always, isn't it, is, is it Yelena or I thought the Y was silent.
1: No, uh, ooh, I, I say it the American way, Yelena, <laughs> Russian, it might be Elena. Okay.
0: <laughs> so we're both right. Just in different languages.
1: Exactly. You're being more. uh, I guess you're being more considerate of the culture. I am just saying it like an American. (laughs) Um, But yeah, either way, either one will be fantastic, and it makes sense because we are at episode four, which is always the episode for the Disney Plus shows that like changes the game.
0: And then this is the mid. And last week was the mid-season finale, so we got three left after this. So this should be. Will be interesting where we go from here, and that should end the year, right? Yeah, the next three episodes should end the year. Yep. So, so all right, cool. So that wraps up the news. What we watch, let's get, let's get on the train, on platform nine and three quarters. And
2: time for to talk about Powderhead.
0: Oh God, Ryan, why are you the way that you are? Pot. <laughs> ah, there, he, you you asked, easy
3: he answered. Yeah, answer. uh, very honestly.
0: Um, so yeah, so we're gonna cover. Harry Potter, the Potterverse, the Wizarding World, whatever you want to call it. Um, It's one of the biggest, most profitable franchise in the history of movies. Uh, I'm going to go through the box office a little later, but... Uh before we get into it I'm just going to talk a little bit about what exactly it is for anyone that is living under a rock over the past 20 years. Uh, <laughs> Harry Potter is a film series based on the novels by J.K. Rowling. The series is the dis- dis- the film series is distributed by Warner Brothers and consists of eight films and two prequels. Now we're not going to talk about the prequels here because um we're not mon- right. we're not monsters. <laughs> um I will say this I am very curious where they were going if it wasn't for five if this wasn't five movies. And after seeing Harry Potter and The Cursed Child, which is the play, I want them to just do that. I don't want them to just I want them to stop with these Fantastic Beast movies. Uh so yeah, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But in terms of the production, very straightforward. Uh in late nineteen ninety seven, film producer David Hyman's London offices received a copy of the first book, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Uh which essentially was relegated to low priority bookshelf, where a secretary read it and gave it to Heyman with a positive review. Heyman read it and originally said to himself, while he disliked it. He disliked the title and called it rubbish. But once he actually read the whole book, he was very impressed and it became the process that led to one of the most successful franchises of all time. Uh, Heyman's enthusiasm led Rowling's 1999 sale of film rights for. million to Warner brothers.
1: So much money. (laughs) So the crazy
0: thing about this is this is something that I think has made, made the franchise work is that Rowling, uh, was, uh, she was pretty much brought in on everything. Uh, she also had a demand that the principal cast be kept, uh, kept strictly British, allowing nevertheless, the inclusion of some Irish actors, actors, uh, And she had a say on certain decisions that were taken from the book or left out of the book for the movie. And pretty much she had final cut on everything. Um, Originally, Steven Spielberg had negotiated to direct the film, but declined in the end. And the reason for it actually makes sense. He pretty much said that this property is a slam dunk. It's going to make a billion dollars. So he didn't feel it as a challenge for him. So he de- oh, wow. so he declined. Like he knew already, like it was going to be a monster, but he just didn't want to get involved with something that didn't take much effort for it to make money. Apparently, um,
2: it, yeah, he keeps making Indiana Jones.
0: He's not directing Indiana Jones.
2: Oh,
1: okay, good. <laughs> um, Dude, Avatar, right?
0: Avatar is what he's working on. Avatar. Steven Spielberg. Steven. Oh, no, Sp- I'm sorry. Uh, no, he just average yeah. <laughs> um. In terms of the casting, this is just crazy because they nailed it. So, in two thousand seven seven month search, 5,000 editions, they were able to cast Daniel Radcliffe in the most weird way after he was discovered by producer Hyman and writer Stephen Cloves, seated just behind him in a theater, which is odd after all those editions. And then, uh, Emma, Emma Watson and Rupert Grant were selected from thousands of auditioning children to play the roles of Hermione and Ron Weasley. And like
1: and let's be honest, like at the time of the casting of the movies, like it wasn't like the books were obscure books that like only a few people knew about. Like nah, they were, they were a hit.
3: Huge, yes. Yeah, this
1: this is like Tom Holland getting cast for Spider Man. Like it was or any of the Batman getting cast for Batman. It's like it was a big deal when they cast these roles. Like people were like some people were offended. They were like, "No, it doesn't look like him." And other people were like, "Let's give it a shot." This you know what's cool.
0: crazy? Like about yes, the green. And I'm going to get to it a little later. The green eye stuff. I think they nailed Daniel Radcliffe. Mm-hmm. I really do. Um, and we'll talk about that a little a little later. In terms of the score of the film, um, Ryan, I'm going to test you because I'm sure Leo knows who scored the first Harry Potter.
2: Um, can I get like
0: options? uh It's the greatest composer, living composer today. <laughs> Hans Zimmerman? First, it's Although Hans. I love that answer. I adore that answer, my friend. <laughs> I adore the fact that he couldn't even say Hans Zimmer's name right and he called him Zimmerman. <laughs> <laughs> if you think Hans Zimmer is the greatest director, I love that. Yeah, so the Ryan, an- it the- should have been Hans Zimmer. The correct answer is John Williams. <laughs> Ah, uh, that would be my second guess. <laughs> so he scored the first three films. Uh, then Patrick <laughs> Doyle scored *Goblet of Fire*. Nicholas Ho- Hooper scored *Order of the Phoenix*. And then uh, they Half-le- just
1: remix John Williams stuff. Let's see, like let's they didn't really. It wasn't any original stuff. Some of it? them just... was. Some of them
0: was. <laughs> so I would say ask. I would say *Azkaban* does try to. They do use Williams' score, but they do tweak it a little bit. I would say the most original score. Is actually the last two with Alexandre Desplat, who who's composed uh, *Deathly Hallows* Part One and Two. I think those are closest to the original, uh, original scores of the films. So, I'm gonna ask Ryan first, and I'll get we'll get into like the critical response, and we'll get to mm-hmm. our category soon. When's the first time you saw the movie? What were your thoughts <sighs> on it? And did you actually read the books before?
2: I never read the books. Um, I don't remember when I first saw the movie. Um, I I think I saw it in theaters. I enjoyed it, you know. Like I was the perfect age group, obviously. Um, yeah, no, I enjoyed it. I saw. I, saw, I think I saw pretty much all of them in theaters.
0: Nice, Leo. What about you?
1: I I I'll be honest. I'm one of the ones I've never read the books. But I have also was a victim of those uh, freaking marathons on, like, TNC and CBS. <laughs> I did not. I'm like, are these books, like, children's movies? I never read these books. This is corny. This is, like, uh, Lord of the Rings for children. I was like, I, I stayed away. I stayed away as much as I possibly could. And then one Christmas, I guess, I like, you know what? They're all on TV. Let me watch them. And I think I watched up to... I think maybe it was, like, Order of the Phoenix was the last one out at the time. And then I had to, like, search for streaming services to find the others because they weren't all released at the time yet. But, no, I waited. It was the the marathons. The marathons got me. And then afterwards, I'm like, I love this world. I need to watch it. And I think the ones that I did see in theaters was Deathly Hollows 1 and 2.
0: Nice. For me, uh, Leo, you will actually appreciate this. I did not read the books. I knew of the books, but I did not read them. Um, I did not see the first. I saw every one but the first one in theaters. But the first one I actually saw in shout out to one of my favorite teachers at Union Hill High School, Miss Perez, <laughs> Spanish teacher. Uh, in May of 2002, uh, the movie had been out on DVD. And sometimes Miss Perez just like showing us movies. So one of the days we saw 25 minutes or 45 minutes of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. And I was quite enthralled by it that I went to Circuit City, uh, RIP to Circuit City, uh, that weekend, and I picked up a DVD copy of it, and I was obsessed with it ever since. Like, I... I, Ooh, that's wild. Yeah, that's... It is... There's a reason it's, like, up there with Star Wars and and Marvel for me. It's like, there's this world... I I just love continuity. That's one thing. And the fact that this... Knew what the end game was from the beginning. It just made me just so enthralled by it, and the fact that everyone it was the same cast. It's a, I'm telling you, the mm-hmm. blueprint for Marvel. There's no there's, there, there's no if ands or yes. buts. Uh, missing uh, post yeah. credit scenes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, in c- terms of critical response in box office, so I'm gonna run through the RT score. Let's just put it this way: there is no film under 77 percent on Rotten Tomatoes from <laughs> the original
1: Let's. From the originals, yes, from the original
0: Potterverse. So Philosopher's Stone, and by the way, the reason it's called Philosopher's Stone, that's the original title of the book, uh, for some reason, the the U.S. title is Sorcerer's Stone. No clue, you know, why that was a change. Uh, So 81% on Rotten Tomatoes. Chamber of Secrets is 83% on Rotten Tomatoes. Prisoner of Azkaban is 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Goblet of Fire is 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. Order of the Phoenix is 78% on Rotten Tomatoes. Half-Blood Prince is 83 on Rotten Tomatoes. Deathly Hallows Part 1 is 77 and Deathly Hallows Part 2 has the highest score at 96.
1: Rightfully so. That's yep. an amazing movie.
0: <laughs> now box office wise, the, oh man, this is just like bananas. So Sorcerer's Stone made 1.6 billion dollars worldwide. <laughs> Chamber of Secrets made $879 million worldwide. Prisoner of Azkaban made $797 million. Goblet of Fire made $896 million. Order of the Phoenix made $942 million. Uh, Half-Blood Prince made $934 million. Deathly <laughs> Hallows Part 1 made $977 million. And Deathly Hallows Part 2 made a little chump change. $1.3 billion dollars.
1: Just a little bit of money, right there. Just, for a you know.
0: total of a budget of one point one, one point one five five billion was the budget for all the movies, and it grossed total seven point seven six billion dollars. Um, to say it's one of the most profitable franchises of all time is uh is an understatement. Uh, it's definitely it's definitely left a
1: huge hole in the Warner Brothers like like vehicle of releasing movies, like losing that franchise's income. Cause it was like clockwork, bro. They were bringing out those movies because of the kids ages. They had to bring them out like, like a factory.
3: Yeah. But like
1: since, since they've ended, like it's, it's, I mean, Warner brothers is still Warner brothers, but like, you can tell that they're trying to find, the replacement for Harry Potter still.
0: It's crazy the world that Warners was living in at that time, having the Harry Potter verse and the Dark Knight Trilogy at the same time. Right, dude? Mm-hmm. Like, geez, you were destroying everyone. And the worst part about it is that both ended a year apart. <laughs> like, this mm-hmm. ended in 2011, and then um, the Dark Knight Trilogy ended in 2012, and I think I pretty, you know, DC seems to be the what they're focusing on. And I think the reason we got Fantastic Beasts is because they know the money in in that world. And those two still made money. So they still like, made money. Yeah, yeah. Still like they still made yeah. money. Um we're going to when we do our rankings, we'll touch a little bit about each of the movies, but I do have some fun facts before we get into the categories. And rather than doing fun facts on um individual movies like separate, I decided to do everything together. So some of these are fun, some of these are what the fuck and <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. This one's... Th- the first one's actually so interesting to me. So Alan Rickman was handpicked by uh, J.K. Rowling to play Snape. And he received special instructions f- uh, from her about the character, including the end of his story. Mm. So he knew what Snape's reveal was all the way at the beginning, which is amazing. And we're going to talk about that a little later because that yeah that shit rocked yeah, yeah. um mm-hmm. jk rowling revealed on her website that she was asked to play harry's mother lily oh, but shoot. but she had uh she declined because she's not an actress she said uh this would have been the this would have been the biggest mistake warner brothers did with this franchise warner brothers originally considered making the entire harry potter film franchise as a set of computer animated movies or attempting to combine several of the novels into a single movie
1: Whoever made the choice to say
3: no, JK, good on you. JK
0: Rowling, J.K. Rowling did. She vetoed both ideas.
3: saved Warner Brothers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep,
0: she vetoed both ideas, especially the concept of combining books because uh, that wasn't going to work. Uh, they, they came into the agreement to produce all eight movies back-to-back so the same actresses could, repl- could, could play the roles. One of these is great. The other one is trash. Rosie O'Donnell and Robin Williams were two of the celebrities who asked to play the role in the movie without pay. In their cases, it would have been Mo- uh, Molly Weasley and Hadgrid, respectively. Yeah. So, Robin Williams, all in? hmm All in?
1: Uh, you know what? I'm really... I love the whole thing they did about only British actors. So, I'm Yo, like, no, nah, yeah.
3: Even
0: Robin
1: Williams, I'm like, nah, bro, you're not British. Get out.
0: JK also Decline that one because of the British, uh, strictly British actors. I think it was the best decision, though. You're right, though. Uh, Right? Yeah, I I 100% agree with you. Um, This is going back a little bit to we talked about this off the line. The filmmakers attempted to go the extra mile to match the kids' appearances on how the novel describes them. Daniel Radcliffe was uh, fitted for green colored contacts. And similarly, Emma Watson uh, wore fake buck teeth.
1: Yeah. So for anyone out there that I know they're out there for all the book fans that are like nitpicky at what the movies got wrong, they did try. Yep.
0: So apparently Daniel Daniels was getting, uh, an allergic reaction to the contacts. So they had to remove them and you could barely hear Emma Watson speak while she had the, the prosthetic teeth. in. so they decided to not, uh, do that anymore. And it just, uh, went with, with the traditional looks that they had, uh, Chris Columbus was amazed how beautifully Daniel Radcliffe, Emma Watson, and Rupert Grint matured over the franchise, both physically and as actors and actresses. Oh, and I agree. I think their performances get better and better as the yeah. as the films mm-hmm. go on. The only one that's Is a little he, go ahead. He
1: had them. He had them as babies, right? He had them. Like Columbus had like the first couple of movies,
0: right? He had the first two. Yeah.
1: Wow, man. Yeah, he's like uh, a dad in a way. <laughs> for sure. I
0: actually think um, the only time I think maybe. Her, uh, Daniel Radcliffe was in that. Gray was not uh, Half-Blood Prince. But there's actually a fact to that that I'm going to get to a little later. Um, J.K. Raleigh made up the names of the four Hogwarts houses while on a plane. She wrote them down on a barf bag. <laughs> so that goes to say, Ryan, you are Hufflepuff. Uh, Leo, I, I, I really want to stick you in Gryffindor. What about Ravenclaw? Hi. No, Ravenclaw
1: is way too studious, way too diligent. I think Jenny might be Ravenclaw.
0: Yeah, um, I
3: can see that. Yeah,
1: yeah, but here's the thing, though, man. There are times where I will cheat to win, and that's Slytherin yeah. right there. I,
0: <laughs> I am a heavy fan of Slytherin. Slytherin is the way to go. And, Ryan, I, I don't know why you don't like Slytherin. Uh, I don't know. I just It's legit, man. It's, it's just
2: true. I don't though, feel like man. I fit into Slytherin, that's all. They
0: also have the best logo, by the way. They
2: do. Um, not. I don't a, hate on Slytherin. I just don't feel like I'd be a good fit.
0: I guess Leo and I would make great fit for Slytherin. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not gonna lie, you. man. Sometimes you just got you just gotta like
1: you gotta lie and cheat and steal to win, bro. It's exactly. like exactly it is what it is. Okay, Eddie Guerrero.
0: Oh, I knew that was coming. <laughs> Among the directors who were interested in tackling the original film was Robert Zemeckis, Jonathan Demme, and I don't know what movie this would have been, but Joel Schumacher. <laughs> I see. <laughs> I don't need powder nipples. I don't. I don't <laughs> even.
1: Schumacher cut is that's what
0: everyone should be tweeting. I don't even know what that movie looks like. <laughs>
2: um, release the Schumacher cut. <laughs> Lush,
0: Lucius Malfoy, who played by Jason Ike uh, Isaac, wasn't supposed to have long hair. Uh Isaac requested the longer hair so he could be distinguished from his son Draco. In order to keep the hair from falling. Isaacs had to keep his head tilted back, which further added to the snobbiness of the character, making him look down at everybody, which is crazy. Speaking of Fantastic Beasts, Eddie Redmayne was originally uh, auditioned for Tom Riddle.
1: Yes. Isn't that crazy?
0: Yeah, seriously. But it's funny
1: because with this whole franchise, whoever was British is somehow attached to this franchise.
0: Seriously. Seriously. Although based on the shortest book, on the second shortest book, uh, Chamber of Secrets is actually the longest movie because it's close to three hours. Uh, This is awesome. J.K. Rowling created a guide for the set to teach the cast members how to speak Parseltongue.
3: Oh, shoot. Uh,
0: This is one of my favorite things, and I'm going to talk about it in the age best. Uh, The tone of the movie getting darker and edgier was actually a reference to the score of the film. Every, as the movies progress, the score of the film gets more subtler and quieter, uh, as opposed to the beginning, the first two entries, which I really did like. Uh Very
1: whimsical and stuff. That's a good call out, dude. I didn't notice
3: that.
0: In order, and f- moving on to uh, uh, President of Azkaban, in order to Queen himself uh, with the three lead actors, Alfonso Cuadro had each of them write an essay about their characters from a f- first person point of view. He gave them homework. <laughs> <laughs> Emma Watson and Trisha Minor four went on a little overboard and wrote a sixteen page essay. Daniel Daniel he... Radcliffe wrote a simple one page summary, and Rupert Grant never even turned it in. That's oh, that is
1: so on brand. It hurts <laughs> seriously.
0: <laughs> this is funny. A clause in the, in Cuadon's contract forbade him from cursing on the set. Oh shoot! Uh Cuadon actually never read the books or saw the movies. But when he was offered the job of a director, it was actually Guillermo del Toro who convinced him, saying, don't be stupid. Read it immediately. Okay. Um, J.K. Row- this, I, I hope you guys can help me out here because I rewatched him this week and I don't remember this. So J.K. Rowling says she got goosebumps when she saw several moments in uh, Prisoner of Azkaban as they inadvert- inadvertently referenced the events in the final two books. She stated, people are going to look back in the film and think they were put in as deliberately as clues. Do you know what she's talking about? Nope. No. I, I'm gonna have. I'm gonna look this up after because I am very perplexed. Oh wait,
3: wait. The the
1: uh, the stag. The stag's head. The stag's head. Uh, oh betrothed. yes,
0: the dove. The, the the doe, Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. That that's probably it. Um. Gary Oldman said he accepted the role of Sirius Black because he needed to work. Get out! Shut up, Gary Oldman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ralph Fiennes was not wearing any makeup to cover his nose in order to make the character scarier. Editors digitally removed it. Also, the rates, the red snake-like eyes the novel describes were not added due to the character's thought that the expression in his eyes would provide a better idea of Lord Voldemort's insanity. Uh, I think that idea worked beautifully. <laughs>
1: You you leave fines to his own devices, sir.
0: (laughs) Uh, For Goblet of Fire, the first movie of the franchise not to open with a Harry-centric scene. Rather staying true to the book, it opens at the Riddle House, which is, I think that works really, really well. Um, Theatrical movie debut of Batman, Robert Pattinson. Oh,
1: my gosh.
0: Speaking of director choices that would have sucked, M. Night Shyamalan was considered to direct but turned it down for Goblet of Fire
1: he would have somehow messed up those twists. Yep. Somehow, he would have messed up those <laughs> uh,
0: Nothing really for Order of the Phoenix, but for um, Half-Blood Prince, Daniel Radcliffe actually calls this his least favorite performance of the franchise because he was actually going through a alcohol problem at the time. Yeah, isn't um, that crazy? Like yeah. that's,
1: how, that's how older they got during these, man. The little mm-hmm. boy got an alcohol drinking problem. Like, gee.
0: And then last couple here, Emma Watson considered not returning for... The movie, but he eventually decided because she could not bear anyone else playing Hermione. Oh, wow. um, this one's interesting. I'm, I'm sure you guys know this, but um, J.K. Rowling read through the script and found the line where Dumbledore mentions a girl he had a crush on when he was younger. After reading it, she informed the filmmakers that Dumbledore was gay, and that his the and his, that his only romantic inf- infatuation, which was with uh, Grindelwald, who he later had to defeat in a wizard duel. And that is actually where we're going with the Fantastic Beasts. Uh, she later made the information public while promoting the final book.
3: Hmm.
0: Yep. At at first, he was uh, that the Hallows was only meant to be one movie, but because the book was so large, they decided to make it into two, which is smart. Uh, Greatest decision for <laughs> sure M. Night Shyamalan and Del Toro both expressed interest after Shyamalan turned down the first one now he wanted to come in for the last one uh, yeah glad it didn't happen um, so the fight between Professor McGonagall and Snape remember the one at Hogwarts in mm-hmm. Death the Part 2 mm-hmm. uh, they wanted originally to Harry to, to be the one that exchanges but J.K. Rowling also reneged that because she says it's just stay true to the book and it's a big moment for McGonagall mm-hmm. and then the last two is Kate Winslet was the first con- first considered for Helena Ravenclaw. The role was rejected by her agent before Kate Winslet was actually able to consider it.
1: Oh, that would have been a cool addition. Mm-hmm.
0: And finally, J.K. Rowling never stated into which house Harry Potter's son, Albus Severus, was sorted. I know the answer to this because of the play, but I'm going to ask you guys, where do you think he gets sorted into? I thought he went Slytherin, didn't he? And Ryan... I was gonna say Ravenclaw. No, he, it's Slytherin. He's a Slytherin.
1: Oh wait, you're right. In the movies, they don't ever. They say don't. It. Yeah, you're right. That isn't the cursed child. You're totally right. You're yeah. totally right. He's yeah. he was.
0: It ends with him being nervous as to what if he is a yeah. a Slytherin, and then Harry's like, "Well, you're you're named after the greatest Slytherin and the greatest." Uh, Gryffindor so
1: which I love right because just because and it's funny because yes I know that the villains are typically Slytherin but like there are some noble freaking Slytherin Uh,
0: (laughs) including Severus Snape so um I didn't have this on the list and we're gonna get to age best and age worst right now but if you had to pick your favorite character who would it be from the first
1: I I know mine easily my Luna luna lovegood is the greatest freaking character really i love
0: luna but i don't think she'd be my favorite she's definitely like the quirkiest one i like i do like her a lot she's
1: quirky but she's also so
0: wholesome
1: bro yep. she's just wants like the best for everyone i'm like yeah, i love luna what
0: about you rod do you have anyone that comes to mind snape yeah mine's snape and uh voldemort um I love both their story arcs so much, mm-hmm. especially Snape's, and we'll get into that in the age best, mm-hmm. age worst. All right, cool. Let's finish this off. Age the best. What do you got, Ryan?
2: The politics, the storytelling, the character development, Ron and Hermione, because like when I first watched it, I just cared about the main plot, but now as I watch it, I care a lot more about their developing relationship. And how they grew with their audience like they start off as kids but then we talked about it it got darker they got older and they got older with their audience
0: nice what about you leo uh
1: the theme and the score i think overall like, like if you hear that little like bell chimes now like everyone thinks harry potter right like i think it's one of the more iconic themes to come out in like in our life in our lifetime i agree um the concept of magic, I think the movies did it really, really well. And I think even after the fact of the franchises, you've seen other people try to dabble in that world. Um, Long term franchising, like signing <laughs> people into those contracts from the <laughs> get has aged remarkably well. Um, I know Dave and I always say this splitting the last movie into two parts. Yep. Like, they did it masterfully. And yeah, because of that, we had some really fantastic movies afterwards. Um, Voldemort's arc, Voldemort's overall, just the way he was treated, the way it grew from film to film. Um, Latin. I think Latin had a resurgence after the, <laughs> the Harry Potter movies came out. People were all of a sudden interested in Latin. As someone that minored in Latin in college, like I can tell you that like a lot of people think because they know Patronus spells, like, oh, I speak Latin um hogwarts i think aged well visually i think like it looked, it looked fantastic in the movies but overall just like the special effects um and honestly just great twists, great twists, and everything yeah and, i agree and, and i think the thing that dave and i will always say is like, Snape's overall arc has mm. aged so good
0: one of the best arcs of all time because i remember i remember when we first started watching the franchise. I was like, "Oh, this guy's definitely a villain," and he turns out to be the biggest hero in the entire franchise, bigger than Harry, in my opinion. Yeah, um, so, for me, age the best. Uh, Harry's original introduction at the beginning of the movie. I really like that. Uh, the first time we see Diagon Alley, it feels like it. Oh, o- it, nice. open, it opens a world up. First time we see Og- Hogwarts. Uh, movie franchises, uh, yeah. magic, wizards. Um. The films kind of what Ryan was talking about—the film aging in tone with the audience. Uh, Quidditch, chess, <laughs> um, the connection from one movie to the other. Example: the journal uh, in Chamber of Secrets actually being a Horcrux that we find out in in uh, Deathly Hallows. Oh,
1: amazing.
0: Voldemort's arc, like you mentioned, um, government denial.
3: That's, <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: Um, Dumbledore's death is actually very impactful. I think that's age well. Uh, the battle at Hogwarts, the courtyard apocalypse, uh, Maggie Smith's moment there. Um, MCU thievery. Uh th- um, Voldemort turns to dust like another big bad in the MCU, <laughs> and I will not stand for any blasphemy because that is exactly what happened. Uh, Irish,
3: baby. absolutely.
0: Age the worst. I'll, I'll mine's a little less here. So, uh, Harry's on and uncle. They're just terrible people. Mm-hmm. I actually have Ron and Hermione aging worse because I really. Yes, think, me too. Because I think like Hermione's too good for Ron. She he should she should have just ended up with Harry.
1: Dude, uh, even J.K. Rowling's has gone out on in public saying that the reason she wrote them as a couple in the books was because she was dealing with a breakup at the time. But if she could rewrite it. That's not the way it should have gone, and I think everyone knows it's not the way it should have gone.
0: Agree, except for me. Um, I think, as a sports fan, I think you guys will agree with me. Dumbledore's questionable scoring system in the Sorcerer's Stone. <laughs> um, yeah,
1: very NFL, very NFL referee.
0: <laughs> and by the way, where does the scoring go after year three? They never have the, the the they they do mention points from one part one, two, and three, but you never have the 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 the, the cup announced or rewarded the rest of the series this
1: this is a part that like books fans will get like in the in the books there's a very like structured thing of like christmas is always a thing the the yule tall the yule time ball thing it's always a thing at the end of the year the points announcement is always a thing but we lost it as the movies though like
0: i get i get why don't get me wrong but it's just it's just a little nitpick here james potter um... big time asshole Dude he's a huge douche (laughs) Like don't like him at all Like what Lily should have just been with Snape And called it a day Uh, Let me see Oh the Ministry of Magic How they handled Voldemort's return It's just as bad as Donald Trump handling COVID Um, (laughs) Yeah I went there Um, Pretending it doesn't exist pretty much So yeah that's what's age worse for me What do you got uh, Leo
1: uh, physically Daniel Radcliffe Daniel Radcliffe has not aged very well he looks very awkward as an adult <laughs> I, think, I think he looked amazing as a little boy he looked cute right but like he's, now he's like a, he has the same face with facial hair and it doesn't look too good on him uh, I, I, I think other than Ron and Hermione I think Harry and Ginny together also age pretty badly because there's not really too much development in the movie that shows how that became a thing and like in the books they do go a little bit more it makes more sense in the books um, but in the movies is not—it's really from one day. It's like a crush turns into a relationship. Um, then I think J.K. Rawlings unfortunately has not. Yeah, aged
0: unfortunately.
1: Yeah, aged pretty poorly. Um, the Wizarding World franchise after Harry Potter movies—that <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the the Wonderful beasts are not that wonderful. <laughs> um, I think fat shaming. There's a few moments in the franchise where there is fat shaming involved, and I think in today's very sensitive climate that's not going to fly too off uh, too nicely
0: ironically um, neville was one of the chubby ones and now he's exactly, like he's dude. probably he's aged ripped. he's ripped he's probably aged best out of the look wise
3: <laughs>
1: oh, oh this is another one uh hogwarts abuse on students what do you mean <laughs> dude well first snape slaps harry in the back of the head with the book that is funny um, and then we have freaking umbrage
3: bro
0: Oh yeah umbridge umbridge is the former uh secretary of uh schools or whatever secretary of education uh, under the trump regime
3: Dude, she's like
1: she's like perfect for that administration man but like, yeah make carving someone's hand is like i don't know I think that's overdoing it um and I know you mentioned um like uh the Potter father as a terrible person, but
0: Dumbledore is
1: a dick too man yeah
0: yeah, <laughs> like, I, uh, I think about. I don't know if you're gonna bring this up, so I'll, I'll see if you do. If not, I'll bring it up.
1: No, no, I'm, it was like my last point is yeah, I think Dumbledore is a dick. Like when Snape like is having that one off against Dumbledore, he's like you're just fattening him for the slaughter. Yeah, that's you're just like
0: like that, that's you know. that's a scene, and I think Dumbledore's reaction kind of annoyed the fuck out of me when he's like, "Don't tell me after all this time you've turned, you've grown to love the kid." I'm like, yeah, he's probably loved Harry since the moment he was born.
1: Dude, yeah. I think I think it's like, it's like now looking back on it, you're like, nah, man, Dumbledore's an asshole, too. <laughs> <laughs>
3: All
1: right,
3: and, that, that, that's
1: me.
2: Man. And, Ryan, what do you got? I only got two things, and pretty much the same thing. Racism against muggles and racism against mudbloods.
0: All righty. Now let's uh, get into our categories here. That Guy Award. This is uh, Joe Spinell Award should be renamed for Rupert Grint. Because that's literally who I have because he is Ron Weasley, and that's all he is. do you have anyone <laughs> do, you, do you have anyone else no no, so it's funny I did think
1: pick, I picked someone different in it because although I know the actors went on to do other things too, but i, I knew him as Bill Weasley from the Harry Potter movies like the older Weasley um but it's Dom hall Gleason like Dom hall Gleason's in here too and I'm like, wait but wait what I, I
0: He's in. He's in this.
1: Yeah, dude. He's in. He's in. Um. He's in Deathly Hollows Part One, and I knew that face. I knew him. I'm like, wait a minute. When I saw him in Force Awakens, I'm like, wait, is that the same guy? And then he was in Ex Machina. Then he was in Brooklyn. I'm like, this is all Bill Weasley.
0: <laughs> oh my God, that's crazy. Uh. Yeah. So you went so Weasley, there. What...
1: Weasley, Weasley's, Weasley's definitely though.
0: What about you, uh, Ry?
2: I went Tom Felton. I know he was in the Flash, but the entire time I'm like, no, that's Draco. <laughs> that's a good
0: one. That's a good one. What about all right? S- that left show six man of the films. So I went a little different here. Um, I went with Emma Watson as Hermione because she is a supporting player, and I think she's actually one of my she's one of my favorite characters as well. Uh I didn't want to use the next person. In I know, the, I know, I know. Because I, know. I don't, I don't believe he's he is technically supporting player, but I don't really. I think he's very much like the most crucial person here. Um yeah. So what do you got here?
1: Uh, I went chalk. I went chalk on this. I think, like technically speaking, this is not the main character. It's not the main actor. His role does get bigger as the franchise goes on, but Severus Snape, played by Alan Rickman, is my sixth man. All right. What about you, Ry? I totally agree with Leah. All right.
0: So for MVP, I went a tie because I. Severus Snape, Alan Rickman. I mean, I. Man, I. One of the best things of riding this train from the beginning to end is the fact that you, you know, he killed Dumbledore and you're like, man, he is. The worst, the worst, <laughs> and then you find out Dumbledore was going to die, and then you find out his whole story with that scene. Right? I, I, I can't. T- I'm not gonna lie. I teared up. I tear up every time I watch that. Like it is such an emotional ride, and Rickman is incredible. Um, and shout out to Ralph Fiennes, man, because yes! Voldemort, Voldemort is not something that would necessarily be the easiest role to play, and he absolutely eviscerates this performance as, as, uh voldemort and tom riddle i think he is incredible dude voldemort is one of my favorite villains of all time and that's due to ralph Fiennes. absolutely um yeah so who is your mvp right did you say it was snape too
2: no actually i got daniel
0: radcliffe yeah i'm glad someone gave him some love
1: yeah <laughs> yeah there. Uh, i went i went voldemort yeah i went no tie i went straight up voldemort although for actor i put ray Fiennes and others because <laughs> i guess like that that's that's one of like the thanos things too where it's like he wasn't yeah. really in part one but but yeah i mean like we and here's the thing guys if you really want to hear us go in depth and how much of voldemort fans we are we go over that in our episode about the greatest villains, villain yes and like you feel voldemort's presence from part one all the way through the end like it's a slow build but it's one of the greatest villains of cinematic history and books, honestly, as well. Yeah, um, right. yeah, I think MVP. Voldemort is- or Thanos? Voldemort. Ooh.
0: For me, it's easy. Yeah. It's Voldemort.
1: Ah, uh, but Thanos was successful.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, Voldemort was too.
2: Thanos was more successful.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're just saying that because you prefer comic books or, or Ryan.
3: I think
2: that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> But he was more successful. He actually did do
1: exactly what he wanted to do. So
2: did Voldemort.
0: Years. So did Voldemort. <laughs>
1: no, but Voldemort, like, ruled, like, he ruled Hogwarts for, like, whoa, a day. <laughs> well, no, no.
0: Technically. <laughs> a cup of coffee. Technically, uh, he ruled it, I think it was, like, three or four years. Cause oh, right you're at, right.
1: There is time. There is time that the ministry changes and everything yep.
0: does change. And he t- he literally takes over the ministry and Hogwarts. So, but yeah. he doesn't
1: take over Earth like Muggle's world. Well, near so. to Thanos
0: once he once Thanos snapped his finger, Th- he's like, "I'm gonna go live in the woods or on a farm." Thanos Th- Thanos
1: wiped out everything for five years.
0: I I will hold the Voldemort.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, well, but Leo, you haven't it, given an yeah, answer. It's Thanos. It's just, Leo's answer is Thanos. Of I course, think Thanos. I
1: think Thanos. Thanos because he just he was he's successful for a longer amount <laughs> of time. <laughs>
0: I and I also go with Voldemort because he had two runs. He dominated once, and then Harry's the kickback curse he did. killed. He Came,
1: he came t- back with the Jordan four or five, bro. Yep. He came Dude. back.
0: So Thanos didn't have two runs. He had one run and then died. At least Voldemort died. had two runs at the Fair. at the Apple. Um. Fair. So yeah. yeah,
1: and and also like Thanos, Well, Voldemort was so successful, people were scared to say his name. Yeah,
0: I don't think people were saying. He purple guy who shall not be named. No
1: people, people are writing Thanos is right on urinals. Uh, yep. as far as freaking Hawkeye, so yeah.
0: Um, and then peaks and valley. Um, I'll go. I'll go last here. What do you got for peak? Uh, Rye, Rupert Brent. Yeah, that's
1: okay. See, mine, mine is I went. I went Daniel Radcliffe, with Harry Potter.
0: He's the he's
1: the lead of this eight movie franchise. He's never gonna do something better
3: than this
0: i I, th- I agree it's daniel radcliffe i think he's tried though at least he's tried to do something Absolutely. different rupert Gr- totally rupert Grind really hasn't really done much um but i gotta ask is this the peak for magic mm-hmm. oh wow well i don't know man i don't know dr strange and know.
1: wanda could probably bring it back <laughs> it's true
0: um what about wizards
1: according to according to falcon aren't uh sorcerers just
0: wizards without hats <laughs> <laughs> movies about magic ooh dr strange magic? oh no Doc, this, you, you're talking about the original doctor strange is better than any of the harry potter movies
2: better than my number 8 <laughs> you are
0: yeah yeah you're nuts there, Ryan. you're absolutely nuts um chess i know that
1: well, no, I think the peak for chess was uh, searching for Bobby,
0: searching for Bobby Fischer.
1: Oh, for movies, yes, I yeah. thought like for 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 content. Oh no, it's Queens, be, Gambit. Uh, Queen's Gambit. Queen's Gambit,
3: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then yeah, chess movies. I would say searching for Bobby Fisher as well. Yeah, and then Valley. Um, I think this is obvious, but I went with two people here. Um, but I'm gonna. I
1: had a, I had two as well, but I think I'm gonna defer like the main one that we should all have on our list, considering who this man is going to play. Yeah.
0: Robert Pattinson. Yes. <laughs> uh, and I didn't I... think of that. Really?
1: Yeah, I put Emma Watson.
0: Well, she was my other person.
1: Um, you no, know, my actually my valley was uh, I I was going between um Cedric Diggory and also oh my gosh the the kid that plays Dean Thomas. Because he went on to be the lead of How to Get Away with Murder.
0: <laughs> well, the reason I went with em, uh, Emma Watson too is because she literally played Bell.
1: Oh shoot, she did play Bell. Yo, she actually she might have had the most successful of it. She definitely had the most successful career of the kids.
0: Yeah. Oh, but by far. All right. And then to finish up, let's do a quick. Oh wait, ra- dude, yeah. you missed you missed one. What did I miss? There's no crying in baseball. Oh well, listen, I can tell you a few times I cried. Um, yes, because let's be honest, we have
1: we had this category every single week when we do this, and we never have anything for this category. This one has something for this category. Yes, yeah, so
0: I'm gonna say, um, when Snape is dying and he tells Harry, "You have your mother's eyes," when yes. you find out mm-hmm. Snape's actual origin, yes. um. What else? What else? And very, I, I love quiet moments in film where dialogue and the score is just playing over. Where there's no dialogue and the score is playing over. Mm-hmm. When Snape is holding Lily after she dies.
3: Oh, that's such a good one.
0: Um, I didn't tear up here, but I found it very emotional when Voldemort returns and he comes back with Cedric and he's like, Voldemort's back, Voldemort's back. I found that very emotional and no one yes. would believe Harry. Yep. That's on my list.
1: And you hear like his dad try to get down from the stands to get to his son's dead yes. body. Oh my god, that's heart wrenching.
0: I think that's it. What do you what do you what else do you have?
1: Yeah, I have that scene. I definitely have Snape in the whole like you know, um, always. Like that that just whole back and forth where you reveal like his whole arc and how everything was going, like, oh my gosh, I teared up. I one, absolutely teared one up one of the
0: I'm telling you, we've repeated it a million times already, one of the best written characters of all time.
1: He is yep, and I
0: think incredible. I think I
1: may have gotten a little choked up when um when his son is afraid of being going into the Slytherin house, and then you hear his explanation of like you were named after two of the greatest wizards, and one is like the greatest Slytherin. I was like, oh man, that's that's adorable. That's yep. awesome. What about Dobby's death? No, I didn't. Oh no, nah, not too much. But that was, I mean, he, he was adorable. But no, no. Did you, did you get a free out? Did you get choked up for that? A little, the first time.
0: Um. Oh. Uh. I didn't get choked up by this, but I still thought it was sad when uh Sirius Black died.
1: Yes. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. And shout out to
0: Bell- Bellatrix Look Strange. He was actually a really good villain.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Um. I'm trying to think of anything else. Um. Mm, oh, Dumbledore's death.
3: Yeah. When
1: the- uh, I didn't get too too upset about it. I'll be honest. I mean, it's a sad moment, but didn't it didn't get me
0: like. So for me, it wasn't when he died; it was at the courtyard when everyone lifts their wands up. Oh, that was a dope moment, yeah. yeah. And then, um, yeah, I think that's it. It's crazy that this franchise has made us so emotional. I <laughs> am yeah, um, yeah, man. I cried more in this than I have in Marvel movies, which is ironic because Endgame is the only Marvel movie I've ever cried in. Agree. Agreed. Yeah. 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 And unless, um. M.O. Stone returns in Spider Man next week. When I see it, I don't think I'll be crying in Spider Man either. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, cool. So quick rankings here. Um, obviously, the last two for me are the Fantastic Beast movies. So uh, we're gonna yeah. I'm gonna start from eight here. Uh, so my number eight, and then you can just say your number eight as we go along. So my number eight is actually Deathly Hallows Part One. I actually I yeah I went I went Sorcerer Stone. Okay, I for me. For me, Deathly Hallows Part One is mostly because it's probably while I enjoy all of them, I would say it's the most boring of the bunch. Like I feel like there's like wouldn't they essentially only destroy one Horcrux, and there's a lot of filler in between of them just hanging out in the woods. Uh, but yeah, that's why it's that's my fair. that's my. I have mine a lot higher. I think for me I
1: think Sorcerer's Stone because it's still like it's still like childish at this point. Sorcerer's Stone is still like a kid-ish type mm-hmm. movie. Whereas like I put Duffy Hollow but I think that they're all quality wise, they are very interchangeable. Still solid movies that I can watch any moment. Uh but you're right about Duffy Hollows being a little bit more of a drag considering what happens what happens afterwards. Oh yeah.
0: What about you? What's your last one, Ray? Chamber of Secrets. Ah. I just- Good pe- I can't
1: yeah. get in,
2: I can't get into it like I can't get into it, but I can't get into it like I can the other
0: ones. Good huh. good segue because that is my number seven, Chamber of Secrets. Um, oh
3: shoot!
0: Yeah, I think I'm kind of with Ryan. This like I also think it's good. I'm very I enjoy it quite a bit, but I don't think it needs to be almost three hours. Yeah. Um, I think the length of this one really hurts it. I I, I can't yeah. say I was ever bored, but I do I do look at my watch when I watch it. I'm like, oh God, all right, we can, let let's get out of here already. Uh, uh I,
1: have, I have it higher. I think I think like the, the twist of like Ginny and everything at the end. I'm like it definitely got me. I'm I did not see a lot of it coming. I actually have my
0: Order of the Phoenix as my number seven. Oh, I'm almost there for Order of the Phoenix. Um, what is your number six? Uh Rye. Sorcerer Stone.
2: Okay. Like just okay. like uh Leo is still a little too kiddish for me.
0: Yeah, number that's my number six too. Uh it's higher. I do from here on out, I mostly love all of these. Uh and not just like a lot. Um for me Sorcerer's Stone is if it wasn't for Sorcerer's Stone, we would never I wouldn't be interested in it. <laughs> I think the yeah. movie does everything it does to create a world. And um when we look at opening a franchise's world building is so important and character development is so important and I think Oh, sorcerer stone does that so yeah that's my six wow funny I,
1: think, I think i think my six and your eight switch because then my number six is definitely hollows part one. Oh, nice <laughs> so it's, it's like a perfect switch right there yeah
2: um
0: my number six is order
2: of the phoenix
1: okay so the the same bottom three
3: pretty much. yeah
0: <laughs> uh and then for me my number five is order of the phoenix I think the reason I, I I keep giving you good segues. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Order of the Phoenix is my number five and the only reason it gets to number five is I really, really love the um the fight with the Order of the Phoenix at the end yeah. at the at the Ministry of Magic. And I also love the the only time we see Dumbledore versus Voldemort. It is the only True. time. Yep. Uh what about you, Leah? What's your five?
1: I have Chamber of Secrets as my like number five. And okay. again, like I, I, I did generally enjoy that like that twist like Fox versus the uh the basilisk and just finding out who the person that was possessed was. And I think that was the first time we see Tom Riddle, right?
3: Uh yes,
1: it is. And we see like and you see like the like when he puts it in the air and you reveal what Tom Riddle. That was means. pretty cool. Yeah, that was oh, pretty cool. Oh my god, bro, yeah. that reveal was so cool.
0: Um I think the top four should be the same for everybody. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, no, it's
1: not because I
2: have one of them different. And also my number five is uh, Half-Blood Prince. Oh, my Jesus.
0: Wow. Okay. So, well, not that. Yeah. No, my number four is Half-Blood Prince. Half-Blood Prince. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, I think this movie is, I would say, probably the darkest of them all. Mm-hmm. That and Goblet of Fire are the two darkest ones, but yeah, everything about this movie is pretty much the, it feels like the penultimate episode of the big series, and I really like I, that the choice that they made to not have Voldemort in this movie at all, but you get Tom Riddle, you get like the rise of Tom Riddle, how he was able to manipulate, uh, what was his name, Slugworm? Yeah, yeah,
3: Slugworm. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, how he was able to manipulate him in order to find out what Horcruxes are and how to create Horcruxes. I think that was a smart decision. Plus, Voldemort's death. Everything about it is just really works for me. Uh Leo, that's and your.
1: That's my number four. Same thing. And then like the twist that the Half Blood Prince the whole time yes. was freaking Snape. I'm like, oh, dude, so cool.
2: And it goes to
0: the end, like even to the sixth part, they make you think he is like this terrible person.
3: Yes.
0: Uh, Ryan, what about you? My.
2: My number four
3: is. Oh, oh, oh. Josh. <laughs>
0: I'm going to guess that we're going to feel the same way about your pick. <laughs> I think,
3: I think
2: Rogue! is that upset already. Rogue is that upset. <laughs> Deathly Hollows Part 1.
0: You are out of your
2: storytelling. Oh. Um, I know it's a little slower, but I don't know. I just really, really enjoyed it. it I don't know. I know I've that a lot higher than you guys, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Ro- Rogue, I agree. I agree yeah, 100%.
3: Rogue, Rogue, we agree with you. <laughs>
0: and then if we don't have the same top 3, I abandon everybody. Um <laughs> My number 3 is the Goblet of Fire.
1: Amen, brother preach. Same.
0: Okay. All right, cool. So the reason I really like uh Goblet of Fire, obviously Voldemort's return is like after 3 movies we finally get to see Voldemort. But I actually really just love the tournament as a sports yeah. fan. Like I'm all in on the tournament and um the scoring system should be questionable here harry definitely lost the 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 river challenge and him getting points for saving two people i that wasn't part of the rules
3: so <laughs>
0: harry should have definitely <laughs> you know, lost that
1: I, I wasn't aware of this rule yeah. i would have saved everybody if that
3: was the case
0: seriously <laughs> like can you imagine like like hey like why does he get all these points for saving two people no no, no. I'm and, good. and
1: also I got to give props to crumb bro if the if the if the if the task is survive in water become a shark is always the answer
3: yep, yep.
0: <laughs> i i will say um the only thing that maybe you can uh i was may on is this is when the Hermione Ron stuff starts
1: yeah but yeah. Although, but I'll t- I, I guess ryan loved this part and that's why it's Three. yeah <laughs> but yeah
0: outside but outside of that i love this movie it was actually my number two until my number one came out um yeah i i love goblet of fire anything you want to add rye
2: no i agree with everything you said and i'm not as big of a sports fan but i do love the tournament um i love the very end you know in the cemetery i think it's a great battle um and just
0: yeah,
1: I love Goblet of
0: Fire. Fun fact oh, that I...
1: wow. this, this movie did give us a Batman, and it sounds like Rogue is approving of this pick too. Thank so. you, <laughs> thank you,
0: Rogue. And fun fact: I think uh, Alfonso Cuaron wanted to use a cemetery in um, Order uh, in Prisoner of Azkaban, but JK was like, "No, because there's a future for a cemetery," and huh. so, and that death was it. Uh, anything any you want to add, Leo?
1: No, no, no. I think it's exactly the same thing. I love, like, the whole game, the whole points, the little tournament, um, the different... Um, I did love the, the, the world building, because this one brings the other schools into play. Yes. It's not just the mm-hmm. British people in Hogwarts. It's like, oh, shoot, this is pretty huge. This is dope. Um, I love, like, their, their regal clothing, and then, like, how everyone's presenting themselves. I, I yeah, overall, yeah, I, just, I love this so much.
0: Awesome. Now, man. have you guys
1: ever read the books now?
3: No, I haven't. Uh, I've,
1: I've kind of, re- <laughs> I've vicariously read the books through Stacy. So she read the books, and we would compare notes between like the movies and the books to see how everything compared and stuff. And like in the books, supposedly it fleshes out a lot more stuff. Uh, now,
2: but- does anything come of those other schools
1: in like the finale, or is that just it in Goblet of Fire? Uh no, no, the other schools don't come back into play pretty much. Yeah, no, I honestly, I, think, I yeah. honestly
0: think probably deathly Hallows is probably the best closely adapted because they were able to do it in two parts yeah like
1: you need to do that in order to do it and and they still left parts out but you gotta give that much time to
0: it yeah i think because they needed to like as much as like you know i have is- certain issues with deathly Hallows part one i think they needed to do it that way especially to explain what the deathly Hallows are mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and then my number two i think maybe you guys is number one um I think this is my number two it's the first one that it's the one that brought a lot of people in because it got adult it got more adult and that's Prisoner of Azkaban it's also one of the best directed ones Alfonso Guarón does a fantastic job but yeah I think um, one of the first twists in the franchise was everyone made you think that Sirius Black was a villain and in reality we find out that he is not and he is one of the, most he's loyal. the
1: godfather bro he's the godfather yeah. and
0: <laughs> and then we in this movie we meet Ryan's Harry Potter um character Peter Pettigrew
3: fuck <laughs> you <laughs>
0: um but yeah I, I i truly enjoy um prisoner of azkaban and i just love Sirius Black i think that's a fantastic character uh rye what's your number 2
2: deathly hallows part 2 cool
0: uh hold your thoughts uh and Rye, what's yours? Well, I, think I, Ryan mean, I, I mean, I mean, Leo, what's yours? <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, uh, no, I'm prisoner of Azkaban as well. Oh, prisoner great. of Azkaban was my number one for the longest until the next one came out. But same thing, dude. It's, uh, I mean, it's. Uh, well, the, you can always rely on Harry Potter movies for an awesome twist that you don't see coming, and it always delivered. I did not see this coming with. Uh, and Gary Olden's performance, good props to him, man. Like, yeah,
3: he's fantastic. And I know he,
1: he never does anything wrong or anything badly, but you just forget how amazing he is.
0: Yeah, I agree. And then um, our number one, Leo and I, the correct yeah, choice, sir. is uh, Harry Potter and <laughs> A Deathly Hallows Part 2. Listen, I'm going to preface this before we start by saying they had the same challenge that the MCU had with Endgame. Yep. It's not about how you start. It's about how you finish. And not only do they finish strong, they finish with the best entry in the franchise. You have oh. mo- you have the Snape reveal. You have the battle at Hogwarts. You have um, the battle between Harry and Voldemort. You have Harry Potter dying, finding out that he's a Horcrux. Everything in this movie works from beginning Everything. to end. Everything. There is not one moment in this movie that I would change. Um, the... The first time I saw it, it was more because I didn't read the books, that I was a little bit confused about the wands, like mm-hmm. why why Voldemort wands back essentially killed him. He well, Voldemort killed himself essentially because he yeah. never owned the wand. That's the only little confusing part. But as freaking rewatches after the first one, I truly under I understand that all. Um, and yeah. Uh, Everything is fantastic. I can't, there's nothing about this movie that I don't love. It's my favorite Harry Potter film. It's also one of my favorite films of the past decade and also one of my favorite sequels of all time. So yeah, uh, definitely *Hallows of part two, my number one Leo.
1: Yeah. *Deathly Hallows part two. It's, and it's funny cause it's like what, what it means for movies afterwards, right? For cinema afterwards, like it closes it off so perfectly. Um, and I think a direct result of, Endgame in Infinity War is this. It's just Deathly Hollows Part Two. Um, everything is cinematic. Everything is very epic. Everything is very huge and large and momentous. You feel the music just permeating the whole. Just. How long is this movie? Like two and a half hours? No,
0: it's the shortest one of the franchise. It's 2.10. Which is insane to me because it
1: feels like it's so much longer. Just, yeah. Because you're just, Im- just immersed in this world and of all the battles, all the, like, the side characters. Everyone comes back. Tonks comes back. Moody. Everyone, everyone, everyone. everyone. I just overall, I just love this so much.
0: And Rye, why did you do the alt- opposite?
2: I just really enjoy Prisoner of Azkaban. Every time I watch it, I'm immersed in it. Um, it's what sold me on the franchise. Like I was very like not to say I was wasn't a fan, but this what made me really a fan. Like I I love from beginning to end the twist with Sirius Black, um, just everything about it.
0: And I think and to be
1: fair, like it was, our, it was our number one at one point.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it was like, my number
0: one for yeah. for forever. So I also think it's nowadays it's a cool pick to have. Num- Azkaban is the number one. Uh but in terms of like the importance of the franchise, I think Hallows has the bigger challenge.
2: One A, one B for me.
0: Don't yeah, me yeah, yeah, no, listen, it's one a to one eight for me. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love crazy. these all. This is um. Sub- substantial consistency to the max for a franchise. And if you look at shit that's come out around that time, Twilight, um you had shit like uh, the 50 shades franchise that started like a few years after that and it's like the level of inconsistency. Like the only thing that mirrors um the wizarding world is Marvel. Yeah. Even so, yeah. Just shows the importance of it. But yeah, this was fun guys. Uh, This is a very, very fun recap of the entire franchise. Hopefully we made Potterheads proud that we're readers and um, watchers of the the films. We have a future coming with the Fantastic Beasts. The show is currently on Broadway of the Cursed Child, which I have seen. And I can't wait for that shit to be adapted to a film because it is fucking incredible. And uh, it is currently a theme park attraction at Universal Studios Hollywood and Universal Studios Florida, which I have been to, and it is amazing, amazing. I actually own a couple of wands, and I do own an authentic Slytherin robe, Brian. So, uh, <laughs> polish my so notes dope. and serve me a milkshake.
3: So dope.
0: So next week, uh, it's going to be a husband and wife show, I think, because we are going to celebrate the 70th anniversary of our favorite television show of all time, and talk about the release of probably one of the most controversially casted movies of all time or at least of the last couple of years being the Ricardos and I Love Lucy until then see you at the movies kids